So welcome, everyone. I could not be more excited about the fact that you decided to join us today here at the Open Door. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much for this day. We thank you so much for the beautiful worship this morning. And Father God, as we open your word today, I pray, Lord, that it would hit its mark where it needs to. Father God, I know that you have something for, for everyone here today, whether it's the whole message or just a little blip of it. Father, we ask that you would help us to navigate your word and that you would bring light to it. We thank you, Father God, and it's in your name that we pray. Amen. So my name is Cindy Tennant, and I get to be the kids director here. Um, my husband's name is Clay, and we just celebrated our 19th wedding anniversary this past June. Yes. Uh, we have four boys, um, Wyatt, who is in heaven, Eli, who's 16, Emmett, 14, and Eric is 12. And we've been a part of the open doors since the first Sunday the doors were open on the church in the pond, uh, by the pond here, um, in New London. And we knew in that instant that this was our church home. My son Eric was the first kid to be dedicated, and we joked that he was actually the first member of the open door. And I think we have a picture of our family somewhere. Yep, there we are. <clears throat> and I have to, I actually have to thank Pastor Stephen Daydry because you guys don't know how hard it was to get this photo. My boys do not like taking pictures. And I, you know, I took pictures early on when they were kids and then it just kind of like dropped off. And, um, so, so taking that picture was, was really hard, and I, I feel really bad for them when it comes to their graduation parties because there's not going to be a lot of pictures. But um, So I told them, uh, guys, we have, to, we have to take a picture for church, you know, because I'm going to be up there speaking, and they want to see you guys. And they're like, definitely not. We're not going to do this. And I was like, okay, um, the alternative is you guys coming up here and saying hi to everybody. And they're like, we'll take the picture. We'll take the picture. So since the beginning, I've been involved in kids' ministry in some capacity, whether it was serving snacks, helping with skits, teaching um, lessons, or just being a kid wrangler. This is where my heart has always been. And little did I know that the pieces, those pieces were fitting into a bigger piece of where God was leading me. And my piece has always been here at the open door. One of my goals as a kids' director is to come alongside parents and help them navigate with their kids what it means to be a Christ follower. When you have the church functioning biblically and families leading biblically, when you combine those forces together, we're building a foundation for kids and youth to stand on. Pastor Steve shared um, with us on, on Father's Day, Proverbs 9.10, and it says this, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. So fear in this passage, it means a moral reverence. It's an honor and a respect in its highest form. 
And this fear is produced by God's word, and it makes a person receptive to the wisdom and knowledge. So we want to cultivate a wisdom and knowledge of God's word so when kids and teens of our church go out into the world, their foundation is solid. So why am I up here? So for those of you who do not know what happens on a Wednesday night or at BBS, I wanted to give you a glimpse of what it looks like. Now, originally, this was supposed to be Pastor Steve up here doing this. Not me, but God had other plans. So the thought was to tie VBS with Sunday mornings and to bring it all together so the church is on the same page. Whether you have kids or grandkids, nieces or nephews, we want all to be involved. And how cool of a conversation piece to say you know exactly what is going on with our kids and youth at church. So here we go. I'm curious. Have you ever thought about all there is to know in this world? All the information that there is to know in this world. That would be a ton of information, right? There is so much to learn and so much that we will never learn. Have you ever heard the the old saying that says, learn something new every day? Mm -hmm. Even then, you wouldn't learn all there is to know in the world. So I wanted to put this knowledge to the test. I'm going to ask a question, and you guys, I want you to shout the answer out if you know it, okay? Pretty simple, right? Thank you. So this is a geography question. About how many miles is Russia from the United States? He was here earlier. He knows. There is a place in Alaska that is only about two or three miles from Russia. Isn't that interesting? That blew my mind. Okay, next one. If you traveled at the speed of light, how long would it take you to reach Pluto? That's right. It would take you about four hours. Okay, how many months? This is my favorite one. Okay, how many of you are cat lovers or have cats? Okay, okay. Okay, how many muscles does a cat have in each ear? A cat has 32 muscles in each ear. Okay, that's 32 muscles working together to completely ignore you. It's really good. I tried this with me with my cat earlier. I have I have two, but the one her name's Kitty Kitty. We couldn't it was original Kitty Kitty. So I'm like Kitty Kitty, Kitty Kitty, and she's just looking at me and her ears are just going all this way and I'm like I know you hear me. I know you hear me. You're just completely ignoring me. Okay. Last one. This one was, yeah, okay, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just throw it out there. Approximately how many ants live on this planet in any given moment? Scientists estimate one quadrillion or one million billion ants live on Earth right now. Let's break it down. That's 1.4 million ants per human. Yeah. Yeah, squeamish, right? All right, thanks for playing with me. That was fun. Now, what about some Bible facts? 
Maybe you come to church and you hear the word of God or you talk about it at home and you have moments that you have gained some knowledge about the Bible. Like, does anybody know how many books are in the Bible? Okay, 66. What kind of tree did Zacchaeus climb? (laughs) You guys, right then and there, I bet you you guys were singing the little song, weren't you? Yeah. Sycamore tree. What animal reached out and bit Paul when he was shipwrecked on the island of Malta? A snake. Yes. So see, so many of these questions didn't faze you, and it was obvious that you had gained some incredible amounts of knowledge and tidbits in life. If you are well-versed in, say, cars, and you just talked about all the things that you know about cars, and your friends were like, wow, you are wise. Would that be an accurate statement, though? (laughs) For this series, we are looking at wisdom. And wisdom is finding out what you should do and doing it. So does knowing all there is to know about geology or cats make you wise? It makes you smart, sure, but does knowledge make you wise? (laughs) That's our question. What does it mean to be wise? And when we have questions, we should go to the Bible because it is chock full of wisdom. Okay, so we have already pointed out that the Bible is lengthy. There are 66 books and there's more than 70,000 words on approximately 1,200 pages, depending on the translation and how big your font is. So the Bible has two major sections, the Old Testament and the New Testament. And the events of Jesus' life are concentrated within the first four books of the New Testament, which are Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So for those authors, they only share a few stories of Jesus before he was an adult. We know about Jesus' birth with the appearance from angels and shepherds and the visit from the wise men a few years later. But there's not a lot that we know about Jesus' early years or how he grew up. However... We do know a very important story from when Jesus was about 12 years old. All right. How many 12-year-olds do we have here? If you're 12 years old, stand up. (laughs) We have no 12-year-olds here right now? Wow. Deb, can you stand back up? No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) So 12 years old. This is how old Jesus was in this passage. So this life event is found in Luke chapter 2, verses 41 through 52. So we'll head there right now. Luke 2, 41 through 52. Here we go. Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up according to custom. And when the feast was ended... As they were returning, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. His parents did not know it, but supposing him to be in the group, they went a day's journey. But then they began to search for him among their relatives and acquaintances. And when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem searching for him. After three days, they found him in the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. And when his parents saw him, they were astonished. 
And his mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us so? Behold, your father and I have been searching for you in great distress. And he said to them, Why were you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? And they did not understand the saying that he spoke to them. And he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was submissive to him. And was submissive to them. And his mother treasured up all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. So every year, God's law required every male to go to Jerusalem three times for different festivals. And these festivals you can actually find in the Old Testament, which is in the book of Leviticus. And at this time, Jesus' entire family left Nazareth and headed to Jerusalem for Passover. And this feast was a celebration commemorating the time that God delivered the Jews from slavery and escaped from Egypt. This trip would have taken several days, and Jesus' family would have been traveling with lots of people. And traveling in large numbers protected you from robbers along the road. Plus, it gave you people to talk to and make the journey go, go by a little quicker. During this time, women and children would have journeyed in the front of the caravan while the men brought up the rear. And even though Jesus wasn't an adult yet... He was close enough to travel comfortably either in the front or in the back. So we don't know what Jesus thought or felt when he saw the city of Jerusalem perched up on the rocky hillside. And we can only imagine how exciting it must have been. Jerusalem would have been bustling with energy and people. And once inside, we do know that his family joined in the celebration all week. This would have included good food, great conversation, prayer, and praising God. However, all of this had to come to an end. And they had to go home. So Mary and Joseph gathered up their belongings and joined the family and friends for the long journey back to Nazareth. And in verse 44, it says, After a day's journey... They began to look for Jesus and couldn't find him among his cousins, aunts, uncles, or friends. And that's when his parents hurried back to Jerusalem to find Jesus. Because remember, the women were up in the front and the men were in the back. So Joseph was probably like, oh, he's probably with Mary. Or Mary's like, oh, he's probably back there with Joseph. So they weren't really looking for him. So they hurried back to Jerusalem. So parents, I want you to put yourself in Mary and Joseph's shoes. I have no doubt in my mind that they scoured that city, looking for Jesus in all the places that they visited, looked at all the hangout places for the young kids, the entrances of the city. They must have combed through the marketplace, and they came up empty every time. How many of you parents at this point would be thinking the worst? Because you're thinking about all of those people that are coming and going, and we can't find Jesus anywhere. So let's bring everybody into this. How many of you have ever lost your phone? How many of you have ever thought you lost your phone, but you're actually talking on it? 
I've done that before. I can't find my phone. Well, what are you talking on? My phone. How many of you have ever dropped your phone into a lake? Never to see it again. And then you start thinking, oh, all of my passwords are on there. All of the information from work is on there. My photos, my videos, and the contact list, all gone. And I have to start from scratch to get all those contacts because really, we don't know those numbers by heart, right? We probably know about two, and one of them is your own. Think of that pit gut feeling that you feel when you can't find that. Now imagine losing a kid. So in the end, Jesus' parents ended up at the temple courtyard, their last resort. And that's where they find Jesus. It was the last place they looked. Why? Because in the franticness of the moment, you try to do all that you can. And when you've done all that you can, it's only then that we turn to God for help. Imagine what would happen if they would have gone there first. How much heartache and backtracking they would have avoided if they would have gone there first. Imagine how much heartache and backtracking that we could avoid if we sought God first. So verse 46, it says, After three days they found him in the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. Verse 47, and all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. And when his parents saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, son, why have you treated us so? Behold, your father and I have been searching for you in great distress. And he said to them, why were you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? So let's look at this scene. After three days of searching, Mary and Joseph found him sitting down on the floor, surrounded by rabbis and teachers. Jesus was listening to the teachers discuss and debate. However, he wasn't idle. He was, he was asking questions and contributing to the conversation. And those surrounding Jesus were amazed at his understanding and answers to the questions being discussed. But once his parents made their way to Jesus, all of that came to a halt. That's where you hear the record player go, Imagine Mary and Joseph exhausted. They've looked everywhere they knew they, they could find him and nothing but then seeing him, all of a sudden, they have this renewed energy. It's what happens when you come to Christ. This renewed energy. And they ran to his son, embracing him, and then questioning him. Because you all know that you're excited when you find that lost kid. But then all of a sudden, the questions start coming out, right? But Jesus' answer was so simple. Of course I would be in the temple, in my father's house. It's where he needed to be. 
I love here on verse 50, it says, And they did not understand the saying that he spoke to them. And he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was submissive to them. And his mother treasured up all these things in her heart. So he went home with them. And he was submissive. Another word for that is obeying. He obeyed everything that Mary and Joseph asked of him. And as he grew, in verse 52, it says, Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. A side note, the curriculum that we use here at the open door is called Orange. And this verse is where the elementary strategy stems from. We want to follow that same example from this passage for our kids and youth. We want our kids to grow in wisdom, and we want them to grow stronger and become more pleasing to God and to people. What an interesting life event of Jesus It started out with this big party with friends and family. And then Mary and Joseph must have been so scared, wondering what had happened to Jesus. And thankfully, Jesus was safe in the temple courtyard. And the story ended with every parent's prayer for their kids and Jesus as Jesus was seeking out godly wisdom. He was with the wisest people of his day. This picture of Jesus sitting with the teachers of his day mirror what happens here at the open door on Wednesday nights in VBS. Each time we gather, kids and youth get to hang out with their small group leaders. These groups are a safe place for kids and youth to ask questions, join in the discussions, and to seek wisdom. Our small groups leaders bring fun and love and acceptance Their age and their life experiences and pursuit of Jesus brings wisdom to the discussion. Our leaders have lots of wisdom to share. It doesn't mean that they have all the answers to all the questions, but it does mean that they're here to help our kids and youth understand wisdom from the Bible as they have learned it through the years. So where do we go to seek wisdom and how do we obtain it? So kids and teens, hear me on this one. Wisdom is a treasure worth seeking. Wisdom is a treasure worth seeking. Having wisdom is not the same as being smart. So surround yourself with wise people. That is a great place to start. God gives us wise leaders so we have a safe place to go and to tell them how we're feeling or ask questions about things that we're not sure about. The Bible is always a good source of wisdom. Whether you have an app on your phone or if you have a physical Bible, if you don't have either one, let us know. We would love to get one for you. Wisdom gained from the Bible cannot be achieved Using it like a pillow and absorbing the information while you're asleep doesn't work that way. It's just like a skill. When you spend time reading 
or listening to it in order to be good at a skill. You have to put the time into it. And the Bible is just the same. The reward is greater, though. After reading scripture, take time to think and to pray to God about it and ask God to help you understand and apply what you have been reading. So gaining knowledge is good and it allows us to know facts and informations and details about the world. And you're welcome for the cat lovers. Now you know why your cat's always ignoring you. They got a lot of muscles working. <laughs> but that's not wisdom. What does it mean to be wise? If wisdom is not just knowledge, how can we make sure we're making a wise choice? Every single day we have an opportunity to make wise choices and opportunities to make unwise choices. So seeking out wisdom from wise sources is key, which is why I'm so glad that we have a place for our kids and youth where they can feel comfortable to share. To ask God to help us find wisdom and make wise choices is one of the desires that God has for his kids. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you so much for this day. I thank you so much for this message and how we can see how Jesus surrounded himself with the wise people of his day. He wasn't arrogant about it. He was there to learn. And God, I pray, Lord, as we go through this week, that we understand that, that this is a place that we can gather and learn from each other, from your word. Father, I pray that we surround ourselves with people that are godly and that are living a godly life. Lord, if we do not have people like that, I pray that you would send them so that we can grow in wisdom not so that we can just boast about what we know, but that our, that our hearts would be tender to your word so that we can grow in stature and in favor with you, Father. God, I thank you so much for this opportunity, and I thank you so much for the kids and youth here at the open door and how you are paving a way for them because they are the now. And God, I ask, Lord, that you would continue to work in the hearts of those who don't know you yet but are searching. Father, I pray that they would turn their needle towards you, that they would confess their sins and make you Lord of their life. Father, we love you, and we thank you so much for your word today. And it's in your name that we pray. And all God's people said, amen. All right, so the takeaway. So wisdom is a treasure worth seeking. 
So where are you looking for it and how is that going for you? You want true wisdom? The Bible should be the first place that you're looking for it. Remember, wisdom is finding out what you should be doing and doing it. So as we go down this path together, growing in wisdom, remember that you can trust God no matter what.